Hello, and welcome to Weekly Review. That was an interesting music selection. I hadn't heard those songs before, and that's true. I put in a CD and had to change. <laughs> I wasn't too happy with some of those lyrics, so just changing the songs. Welcome to the Weekly Review. Thanks so much for tuning in. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. We're broadcasting live here in the Mission District. We're in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land. <sighs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Perhaps it's your first time. Perhaps you are a regular listener. Either way, thank you so much for tuning in. We've got lots of news stories today as well as some history. And there's a lot to get to. And there's a limited amount of time. So I'll, I'll start. I won't be doing too much talking. I have a lot of audio clips to play. I was working on getting a guest today. It didn't quite work out. However, we do have lots of information to share. So I will get to it as soon as I settle in. Uh, sometimes I start off the show with a rant. Perhaps I will start off with, I saw the, the film Vice yesterday. They have, uh, initially I wasn't planning on seeing it for SAG members. We get to vote on certain films that are nominated. And so I got to see it for free. So I was like, all right. And I was like, wow, I didn't think I could actually hate Dick Cheney more than I already do. And surprise, you can, as well as his family. So, wow, I... Uh, lots of rage and anger towards that person and his family for all the harm that he has caused around the world. And my one thought is, if you're raising money to make a film about an awful person, perhaps that money could be used for something else. Uh, don't want to say anything quite to implicate myself. However, if you have a lot of funds, perhaps you can hire someone to... You can fill in the blank. Okay. Hate Dick Cheney, his family. Disgusting. Ugh. Gross. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a good film, though. Also saw a few weeks ago the assassination of Gianni Versace, which I thought dealt with a lot of there's just how homophobia affects the entire world and people living in it. And so also wanted to recommend that. Oh, goodness. Oh, that's not so much a rant, more my very brief reviews of certain media that's out there. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, how about time for a... Well, I don't know. I can't necessarily call it a fun show because I don't know how it's going to go. However, there are some positive things that are happening. Lots of folks going on strike, and that's when folks can unite, when workers can unite, that's always a good thing. I do want to start off with an article I read recently, which there's a lot of stuff. There are things that we don't know partially. Why am I talking so fast? I'm going to calm down. Hmm. There's a lot of things that we don't know and things that are not told to us, and so when we do hear some of these things, it's important to share it. So that's what I hope to do with the show today. So this is an article from Narratively, which you can find at narratively.com. The pirate radio broadcaster who occupied Alcatraz and terrified the FBI. 50 years ago, John Trudell overcame tragedy to become the national voice for Native Americans and a model for a new generation of activists. So I'll be reading this article, and there's also a lot of sound clips, so I'll be playing the sound clips throughout. And this article came out on January 16th of this year. He sat at the same table each evening, sometimes with lighting and sometimes without. A cigarette often in hand, a guest always by his side. In the background, the sound of waves rolling against the rocks and the stuttering of a backdrop generator were constants. Then, with a crackly yet true radio connection streaming through the wires from an unthinkable place, Alcatraz Island, he began speaking in a calm, determined voice. The nation was listening. In the Pacifica Radio Archives, located in a modest brick building in North Hollywood, you can hear what hundreds of thousands of Americans heard on those evenings. 
File through the cassettes, and you will find more than a dozen tapes labeled with a single word, Alcatraz. Each is followed by a date, anywhere from December 1969 to August 1970. But these were not simply programs about Alcatraz, that island in the notoriously frigid San Francisco Bay that was home to a federal prison until it closed in 1963. Rather, they were broadcast from the former prison building itself, from a small cell without heat and only a lone generator for power rumbling in the background. The show was called Radio Free Alcatraz, and it was hosted by John Trudell, a Santee Sioux Native American activist and broadcaster. By the winter of 1969, Trudell could be found in that austere cell, speaking over the rush of waves in a composed Midwestern accent, and by 1973, he had become one of the FBI's most feared activists, with a file that would eventually run longer than 1,000 pages. Why would the FBI compose its longest dossier about a broadcaster speaking from a rocky island a mile offshore? What was Trudell saying that frightened them so much? Trudell was advocating for Native American self-determination, explaining its moral and political importance to all Americans. On air, he often revealed the innumerable ways the government was violating Native American rights, obstructing fishing access in Washington state, setting unfair prices on tribal lands, removing Native American children from local schools. But he didn't just reveal the cruel contradictions at the heart of American society. He imagined a future in which equality between different American cultures and between all people and the earth itself would become a reality. And for the first time, non-Native American communities were listening. More than 100,000 people tuned in to Pacifica stations in California, Texas, and New York to hear his weekly broadcast. At just 23 years old, with long brown hair and hanging earrings, Trudell had one thing the FBI could not stop his voice. They're fishing under treaty. That's law. And the state is coming in and breaking that treaty, you know, destroying these people's equipment, locking them up, harassing them. Won't let them fish by the law. These Indians are only trying to live by the law. What about that? How come the government's letting that slip by? And that is the issue. What's going on in Washington is the issue. What's going on here is the issue. The government taking the Blue Lake away from the Taos people. That's the issue. The government setting, setting prices on land that they admit that they stole, such as the Pitt River case, that's the issue. The government uh, allowing the BIA to take our young away from us and send them to schools that don't give any education, you know, that only destroy the child, that's the issue. The system saying that our religion is, isn't any good and only Christianity, is, is that's, that's going to save us all and they won't allow us to practice our religion in the sense that the other religions are carried on there. Our religion isn't recognized by the system. That's the issue. The fact that they're still stealing land, that they're breaking hunting and fishing rights, that's the issue. Matter, the fact that they're taking our, our people and drafting them into their army and sending them off to fight wars that our people got no right being in, that's the issue. See, the, the issues, when they want to talk about the issues, we'll deal with them again. But the whole thing comes down to here is, uh, this is America, and according to the Constitution, it's a democracy, and every, all men are created equal, and everyone's free. Well, from our understanding and the Indian way of freedom and equality, that means a free, a free equal man has respect from another man or race of people. When you have respect, you have your own dignity, your own self-bearing, and your own pride. You control your own life. Well, that's not the case of what's happening here. So if we're going to be free, We'll have to get that freedom on our own, but we're not, not any longer are we going to allow the system to go around telling everybody that we are free when we're not. 
Trudell's story begins in the autumn of 1969, when a group of Native American activists known as the Indians of All Tribes, IOAT, began contesting centuries of injustice by seeking to reclaim unoccupied lands. The organization pointed to the, ni- to the 1868 Treaty of Fort Laramie, which provided that all surplus federal land be returned to Native tribes. IOAT set its eyes on Alcatraz, a symbolic beacon just past the Golden Gate Bridge. It had been unoccupied since President Kennedy closed the federal prison in 1963. By inhabiting the 12 acres of Alcatraz, IOAT hoped to set a precedent for the reclamation of hundreds of thousands of unclaimed acres across the United States. But there was an obstacle, a hawkish government. Each time OAAT tried to reach Alcatraz, even making attempts to swim, the Coast Guard blocked their passage. That all changed on the night of November 20th. Under the cover of darkness and a dense blanket of fog, 79 activists from more than 20 tribes sailed from Sausalito across the frigid bay and settled on the island. Over Coast Guard radio, the sole caretaker of Alcatraz could be heard shouting, Mayday! Mayday! Oh, God, I can't even. Okay. Okay, I'm going to continue on. The... Okay, so from the Coast Guard, the the Coast Guard said, quote-unquote, Mayday, Mayday, the Indians have landed. (sighs) Despite his calls, the governor's response was delayed. The activists, many with their families and children, were safe. A gathering was held that night at 2 a.m. The old prison barracks were set up as homes, and food was lifted in fishing nets. Governing teams were also established. Onshore allies knew the landing had succeeded when they saw a bright yellow Morse code message blinking through the mist. Go Indians. Back on Alcatraz, the children of the activists shrieked with excitement and clamored around the precipices of their new home. John Trudell was not on those initial voyages. At the time, he had just returned from deployment in Vietnam, enrolled in San Bernardino Valley College, and moved in with his girlfriend, Phoenicia Lou Ordonez. When he learned of the landing on Alcatraz, he suggested they join in. I get cold feet, Phoenicia protested, according to a scene in director Heather Ray's 2005 documentary, Trudell. Well, you'll have to find socks, said Trudell. Expecting to join for only a few weeks, they packed sleeping bags, headed six hours north, and hitched a ride across the Emerald Bay on one of the IOAT-operated vessels, many of which were typically used for fishing and shipping. What was once a treacherous journey with fierce Coast Guard resistance was now readily accessible, but not because the government had become any more benevolent. Rather, the activist's tactic of establishing a critical mass on the island and showing the nation why it was deservedly theirs had succeeded. Fearing a public backlash, federal authorities called off the Coast Guard from intervening in these voyages. Soon after... Docking on the island, Trudell attended the Daily Island meeting of IOAT leaders and tribal heads. He pointed out that if they truly wanted to make a case for the Native American right to claim unused land, they urgently needed to reshape the narrative. On his drive to the Bay Area, Trudell had seen national papers like the New York Times and the San Francisco Chronicle running stories portraying the occupation as a Native American theft, rather than a reclamation of what was stolen from them. Trudell had spent the previous university semester studying radio and television production, and he felt that it was time, as he said in a 1969 interview, to put into practice a little of what I had picked up at school. He returned to San Bernardino for provisions, then returned to live on the island. He asked himself, 
how would the tribes communicate best and make their message known? His answer would take the occupier's message across the country and change the way Americans thought about the injustices perpetrated against Native peoples. Can you remember the times that you have held your head high and told all your friends of your Indian claim? Proud good lady and proud good man, your great great grandfather from Indian blood sprang, and you feel in your heart for these ones. Oh, it's written in books and in songs that we've been mistreated and wronged. Good evening, this is John Trudell inviting you to Indian Land Radio, Indian Land Alcatraz Island, on behalf of the Indians of all tribes. And tonight, there's a little background noise here. We had a problem and we're running our generator inside the studio. And also, We've been having quite a bit of hassle lately with our electricity. We had a power failure on Friday, and it lasted through Friday night during the meal time. That's why we weren't on Friday night. We didn't have any lights at all, uh, or any power of any type to use. And Saturday, we were uh, kind of stranded on the island because of bad weather. Sunday, not many boats running, and so today we're giving it an attempt. Tonight we have us. We have Johnny Bearcup with us from, from Wolf Point, Montana, who is going to who is going to offer some thanks to the doctors that have helped us and to everyone. If you lived in Northern California and tuned into KPFA FM at 7:15 p.m. on December 22nd, 1969, or if you lived in New York City and tuned to WBAI-FM at 10.15 p.m., you would not get standard national news or updates about the moon landing. Rather, you'd hear the twangy guitar chords ushering in the voice of Buffy St. Marie, who crooned a nostalgic ballad for Native American ways, now that the buffalo's gone. The song was followed by an announcement. Good evening, and welcome to Radio Free Alcatraz. This is John Trudell, welcoming you on behalf of the Indians of all tribes from Indian land Alcatraz Island. For the next 30 minutes, Trudell led conversations with Native American activists, spiritualists, and students, many of whom were living on the island, visiting as volunteers or ferrying supplies. It was called Radio Free Alcatraz, and Trudell typically began episodes by describing challenges on the island. There were many. Alcatraz had shaky electricity, a dearth of clean water, and it was frequently hit by strong offshore storms. It's been a hassle lately with our electricity, Trudell said one night at the beginning of a Radio Free Alcatraz show. We had a power failure on Friday. We didn't have any power at all. And Saturday, we were stranded on the island because of bad weather. Despite these immediate challenges, Trudell, often clad in a white-collared button-down underneath an emblazoned leather jacket, spoke both with the equanimity of a captain reporting to headquarters and the kindness of a good friend. In an interview with KPFA host Al Silbowitz uh, in December 1969, Trudell sketched a portrait of life on the island and outlined the purpose of the occupation. 
While many watching from the shore had been amazed by the movement's courage and ability to survive on the rocky island, Trudell wanted the non-Native American audience to know. This struggle was not unique to this moment. It was experienced daily by Native tribes everywhere. But what was unique and urgent for all people to recognize was that the activists' intention with Alcatraz was to reshape the narrative and the oppressive course of history. As Trudell, sa as Trudell says in the interview, Alcatraz is more than just a rock to us. It's a stepping stone to a better future. We have a chance to unite the American Indian people as they never had the opportunity to do. Our audience has come to understand that Alcatraz is kind of barren. There's not much in the way of food or water, and uh, electricity is uh, intermittent to say the best, and uh, there's no telephone service and so on. Uh, you said something to me some time ago about the fact that uh, for a reservation, it's actually in very good condition. Uh, yes, I know the GSA and the Public Health Department made the statement one time that they were going to have to rip us off the island because of improper sanitation facilities. But if they're going to take us off the island out there for that, then I think they're going to have to improve conditions on the reservations because although we have no central heating and we haven't got any steady electricity here, water is a problem. When the Army stops giving us water, then we're going to run into some hassles. But even with all these problems, it's the same as being on the reservation. I've had people say that, well, really courageous for you uh, you people to be doing this but we've all been through it before just a different place it's the same game just has a different name now but, uh, Alcatraz is nothing but a rock to many people <laughs> but it's our rock and we can develop it and we can make things work for the Indian people so it's more than just a rock to us it's it's uh, maybe a stepping stone to a better future, what I've... we like to think of it as. More often than not, however, Trudell's primary role was not that of orator, but rather of generous mediator determined to animate Native American voices and convey a sense of hope born from their struggle. The heart of the program was his intimate voice, masterful at revealing the aspirational humanity that defined the movement, while outlining the enduring goal of activists to construct a university and Native American Cultural Center. Trudell was not just a broadcaster. He was one of the unsung American forefathers of what we now call socially impactful publicity or strategic communications. He already knew that for activists to succeed, it was not enough to campaign. They had to shape national consciousness. On the night of December 28th, his guest was Johnny Bear Cub, a member of the Fort Peck Assiniboine and Sioux tribes. Trudell opened with a question, how are things on your reservation? Would you explain what tribe you're with and where it is at? Johnny raised concerns about the unjust allocation of federal funds to her reservation and revealed the low wages factory workers were receiving at a firearm production plant there. It happened in Palm Springs too, said Trudell, drawing a connection, as he so often did, between a local complaint and a national one. At one point, the natives there were each worth $329,000 a person. Then, the BIA, or Bureau of Indian Affairs, stepped in and determined many of them incompetent to handle their affairs, so they put this money in trust with white people who got fantastically wealthy. 
As an activist, Trudell's role was often that of raconteur. He didn't just tell about injustice, he relayed stories that showed it. And he had faith that Americans everywhere, having heard these stories, would do the right thing. On January 5th, 1970, just six weeks into the occupation, the 13-year-old daughter of Richard Oakes, one of the movement's founders, fell to her death from a third-story window. Oakes, in immense grief, left the island. The child's death and his departure were a blow to a community that was becoming increasingly disorderly and plagued by internal strife, as rumors mounted that the U.S. Marshals might raid the island at any time. But Trudell did not falter. His was a voice of constancy, offering a lighthouse for a movement troubled at sea. This is John Trudell from Radio Free Alcatraz, wishing you all a pleasant evening. Tragedy was not new to Trudell. It was a foundational part of his family history. In the early 1900s, Trudell's grandmother had been kidnapped by Pancho Villa's men from her tribe in Chihuahua, Mexico, and brought to the U.S. She eventually settled down in Kansas with Trudell's grandfather, a man with a price on his head for his involvement in the Mexican Revolution. A few years later, the couple had a daughter who, after moving to Nebraska, fell in love with a Santee Sioux native, Clifford Trudell. The couple married and had John, born in a hospital close to the reservation in Omaha on February 15, 1946. John grew up on and around the Santee Reservation in North Dakota. Life felt wholesome. The reservation offered respite from the civil commotion and disarray that characterized U.S. cities while providing sources of ritual and community. But those rather innocent early years ended abruptly at the age of six when Trudell's mother died in childbirth. We visited her, my father and I, in this hospital, Trudell said in an interview recorded in the early 2000s. I remember she gave me grapes, green grapes. She hugged me, she kissed me, and then it was time to go. I didn't see her anymore. He paused and spoke again, his still powerful voice as soft and sing-songy as a child's. Green, he said, time to go. In the early 1950s, John enrolled in school off the reservation, where he confronted a Western culture indifferent to his spiritual understandings and offering few answers to his enduring questions. He often asked literally, where had my mother gone? He learned about the Christian God in heaven from classmates and teachers, but these concepts never resonated with him. How could he trust a religion that was upheld by a culture that was threatening the lives of his tribe and Native American people everywhere? You have potential, Trudell heard one day in the principal's office, but you have to work harder if you want to be something. Trudell didn't care for that patronizing tone, and he knew he already was something. He longed to escape a school that seemed to stifle, not teach. He soon found a way, enlisting in the Navy during the early days of the Vietnam War. He spent his deployment far from the jungle battlefields, bobbing in the waters off of Saigon, watching the stunning kaleidoscopic sunsets and meditating on the fate of his people. In 1971, the occupation was more than a year old and the federal government began plotting to end it. In late May, they shut off electricity and cut off all radio service on the island, ending Trudell's broadcasts. The population on the island plummeted as water became increasingly difficult to access. Meanwhile, factions and power struggles began emerging within the occupiers. Some wanted to hire an attorney to represent their claims. Others, including Trudell, believed self-representation was the only honest way forward. When government agents raided Alcatraz on June 11th, there were only 15 people remaining on the island. 
It is unknown whether Trudell was among them, but one thing was clear. Though the occupation was officially finished, Trudell was just getting started. His next fight would be with the FBI. He is extremely eloquent and therefore extremely dangerous, reads a line in Trudell's FBI dossier. They had no idea that even that the even greater danger lay in a deeper kind of power, his power to reveal inequality and injustice while appealing to natural liberty. After the occupation, Trudell became the chairman and national spokesperson of the American Indian Movement, AIM, and fell in love with a prominent Native American activist, Tina Manning. They married in 1972 and often traveled and gave speeches together. Meanwhile, Trudell galvanized AIM through protests, most notably the 1973 campaign to reclaim Wounded Knee Village from tribal chairman Richard Wilson, who was notorious for suppressing political opponents and failing to act in the best interest, interests of the reservation. Trudell's oratory prowess transformed the grassroots movement into a national effort, but this time he used it not to communicate to outsiders, but rather to organize disparate tribes. It worked. Thousands of activists gathered at Wounded Knee, the site of a massacre of Native Americans by U.S. Cavalry in 1890, which now had symbolic power. The FBI and federal marshals soon moved in. Clashes were deadly. But Trudell was a pacifist at heart. One of his common rhetorical refrains in the 1970s was, the natural world has a right to existence, and we are only a small part of it. But growing injustices against Native tribes in the 1970s pushed him to the brink. In 1975, he was arrested for assault after entering a reservation trading post to obtain food for senior residents. And on February 11, 1979, as part of a protest against the Bureau of Indian Affairs, he burned the U.S. flag outside the J. Edgar Hoover building. His intentions had been peaceful. I burn the American flag as an act of protest against the injustice being extended against all of the people, he said. But his message was lost on the national media, which leaned on racist tropes about disgruntled Native Americans in reporting the story. The next night, Tina Manning Trudell was asleep at home with their three children on the Duck Valley Indian Reservation in Nevada. She awoke to the smell of smoke and a pounding on the door. Fire filled the house. It was too late to run. Tina, who was pregnant with a boy they intended to name Josiah Hawk, perished, as did all three of their young children, Ricardo Starr, Sunshine Karma, and Eli Changing Sun. From the time that his mother died in 1951 to his first days on Alcatraz, Trudell had turned to language, oratations, poetry, rhetoric, as an existential stabilizer, a spiritual compass. But this time was different. He had no words, and he was left only with angry suspicions, suspicions that the FBI had caused the fire, suspicions that they were now on the hunt for him. I died then, Trudell said in the eponymous documentary about his life. I had to die in order to get through it, and if I can get through it, then maybe I would learn how to live again. He disappeared from the national scene and drove, crisscrossing America, alone in despair. The voice of a chanting woman rings out. Another joins deeper, contemplating the first. A third now, creating a chorus whose song creates an image of the great plains of the American West, the mountains of South Dakota at first orange light. Their voices carry pain, but build toward hope. Trudell's unmistakable tender enters. I was listening to the voices of life, chanting in unison, carry on the struggle. 
the generations surge together in resistance to meet the reality of power. If you walked into a record store in 1983, you'd have seen an LP with John Trudell sketched in blood red across the top and beneath it a black bald eagle, a dream catcher wrapped around its neck. Produced by Jackson Brown and entitled Tribal Voice, it was the product of years of grieving, mourning, and eventually finding the words for his pain, for his hope. Mother Earth, Earth embraces her children in natural beauty to last beyond oppressor's brutality as the butterfly floats into life we are the spirit of natural life which is forever i was listening to the voices of life chanting in unison carry on the struggle the generations surge together in resistance to meet the reality of power mother earth embraces her children and natural beauty to last beyond oppressor's brutality. As the butterfly floats into life, we are the spirit of natural life, which is forever. The power of understanding, real connections to spirit, is meaning our resistance, our struggle, is not sacrifice lost. It is natural energy, properly used. One time, I was visiting with my relatives, the clouds, the mountains, the sky, the trees. My relatives touched my spirit, nudged it lovingly. Listen to us, impatient one. We are forever. You must remember the gentleness of time. You are struggling to be who you are. You say you want to learn the old ways struggling to learn when all you must do is remember. Remember the people. Remember sky and earth. Remember the people have always struggled to live in harmony, in peace. Struggle against selfishness and weakness so the people may live as nations. The old ways are hard. The people have always had to work together. Remember, impatient one. Remember and live. Do not be afraid of truth. Respect, discipline, share your life so the people may live. Long before slam poetry songwriting became popular, Trudell wrote an album that mixed his love for poetic rhythm with his devotion to justice. He wrote much of it while on the road in the early 1980s, a cigarette between his fingers, a cup of coffee by his side, and a journal on his lap during a period when he made very few public appearances. The lyrics on tribal voice reflect that nomadic lifestyle, dynamic, alive, quaking with power, and they at once inspire us to move our bodies while also attuning us to the earth, to our connection with the earth. In lines like natural beauty to the last beyond oppressor's brutality, Trudell speaks to his enduring hope that language well told and viscerally felt can carry the seeds of justice and transmit them to activists, citizens, migrants, parents, and children everywhere. Few heard the album at the time of its release, but those who did, including Bob Dylan, praised it for its brilliance and for its urgency about raising American political consciousness. Throughout the 1980s and 90s and into the early 2000s, Trudell continued to release albums, publish books of poetry, and deliver speeches throughout the United States. But the years of tragedy in the 1970s, including the death of his wife and children, remained deeply with him. 
and he would never return to the central activist role he once held. Perhaps one of the reasons that, of all the activists of the late 20th century, he is one of the least known to us today. With a black bandana around his forehead and circular gold-rimmed glasses framing his stoic face, he spoke at a 2001 event at San in San Francisco held in honor of the Yuwa tribe and the resistance to oil drilling on ancestral land in Colombia. Trudell delivered one of his final major public speeches aptly enti entitled, What It Means to Be a Human Being. Our whole objective as human beings, he said, is to stay alive, really alive, not surviving and existing. I'm talking about alive, connected to life and all living. If there was anything that was eternally human, Trudell believed it was our infinite web of connections. Despite the wars, violence, and oppression he witnessed in America, it was his narrative. He stuck to it. On December 8, 2015, Trudell posted a final message on his Facebook page. My ride showed up. Celebrate love. Celebrate life. Death, for Trudell, was not the end. It was nothing more and nothing less than a ride, a journey back to his origins, the collective human origins he forever encouraged us to remember of Mother Earth. His voice, one hopes, will continue to drift in swells across the San Francisco Bay, spreading throughout the nation, where it deserves, as urgently today as ever, our embrace. Listen as the trees sing their songs. In the wind, lyrics and melodies for the spirit senses, songs of laughter and life, timeless things in timeless places. Do not be afraid to be strong. Do not be afraid to love, but always remember. Always remember, love wisely, the love of being free of possession, the love of being beyond desire, the love of being respect for Mother Earth. Listen as the trees sing their songs. In the wind, lyrics and melodies for the spirit senses. Songs of laughter and life, timeless things in timeless places. Do not be afraid. Remember the medicine is in the time. Live this life to last. Join the time of tomorrow and the past. Be like us, serve the creation. We will endure. Listen as the trees sing their songs. Listen. Listen.
right, so that was John Trudell with Song of the Trees. You can find a lot of John Trudell's music. Uh, go to YouTube. Uh, you can find the music there. And again, if you're interested in checking out the article and or sharing it with more folks, you can do so if you go to narratively.com. And that, again, that article came out fairly recently within this past week. Oh, that's important to understand where we come from and to also recognize what's been happening for a long time and also the things that we were not taught in schools for many of us anyway. <sighs> Moving along to the present, there are teachers on strike in LA. So if you check out the UTLA uh, Facebook page, they've been posting, they've been having rallies. Uh, you can check out video footage and I'll be playing some audio clips as well. If you want to read more, you can find that there. Also, if you feel like you would like to hear more of the stories that we share on the show, I only can share a certain amount based on time. And if you would like to follow more, please check us out. We're at facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. Feel free to follow us like the page and we share lots of news articles there as well. So I'll be playing some audio clips now. And this is again from LA. This is the teacher strike that's happening down in Los Angeles. All right, here we are in East LA. We're at the local district in East LA. Today, all over Los Angeles, people, educators, community members, students are going to the local districts across LA, uh, and those are the actions today at 10.30. As you can see here in local district east, on the east side of Los Angeles, uh, borderline Boyle Heights, we have found educators walking from their picket lines to here resembling some of the civil rights marches of the 1960s. As you can see, there are thousands of people here. We're going to do a walk through so that everybody can see what is going on at local district offices and specifically here at local district east so that the local districts understand that our educators need business and that Buechner and, and family come back to the table and stop being disingenuous, stop misleading the public, stop lying to parents, um, and that's why educators are here. So if you know people that don't know, tell them what's going on, get them involved. This is a nationwide, worldwide movement uh, to stop privatization of public education. Let's go take a walk. in the video, again, which is posted by UTLA. Uh, it shows large groups of people. It's raining a little bit, and a lot of folks there have their umbrellas. People are holding signs. A lot of folks dressed in red. Uh, just large crowds of people. And again, you can find this if you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, and it was shared by UTLA, which is the United Teachers of Los Angeles. You can also check out the hashtags, hashtag LAUSD strike and hashtag UTLA strong. All right, I'm gonna move along to another video. single 
I'm at Roosevelt High School in Boyle Heights. right now is uh, UTLA officer Gloria Martinez. Deserve better, our communities deserve better, and our students sure as heck deserve better. Let's give it up for our students. 
miss the classroom. I miss the classroom every single day. I miss working at my homeschool Rowan Avenue Elementary. But the energy you guys bring reminds me that we are in this together. I just came from Pasadena and I had to sit across Nick Melvoin and I had to sit across and correct him on his lies. How dare he say that this is our problem to solve as he sits on $1.9 billion. How dare Austin Buechner come and say that we need to solve this problem in Sacramento when he has no teaching experience. like Jillian mentioned. Ladies and gentlemen, this is never easy. We are all sacrificing together. And those of you whose schools I went to, I spoke about shared sacrifice. I told you it was gonna be hard. I told you it was gonna be beautiful. This doesn't get done in one or two days. This doesn't get done if we don't have a partner that is willing to admit that they're silly, sitting on an, a historic reserve of $2 billion. We do this by shutting down the streets like we did this morning. All across the city, all across the city, streets were being shut down. All across the state, everyone's talking about us. And all across the nation, the eyes are on us because we are shutting it
folks, tomorrow we need to make those gauntlets in Lincoln Heights, Boyle Heights, East LA, just as strong. Rain or shine, let's shut those down as well. See you there. All right. So again, this was posted by UTLA. To Atlantic should be red tomorrow. All of Cesar Chavez from Soto to Atlantic should be red tomorrow. And Broadway from Lincoln High School to Daly should be red tomorrow. Let's see you out there. That action's at 10:30. Keep your picket lines extra strong, and we're gonna win this. Great job, everybody. All right. So again, you can check that out if you go to the UTLA page. They've shared lots of footage from the protests. <sighs> going to take a bit of a music break and we are going to play some more John Trudell right now. So the song is called Look at Us. times they were kind, they were polite in their sophistication, smiling but never too loudly. Acting in civilized manner, an illusion of gentleness always fighting to get their way. While the people see, the people know, the people wait, the people say, the closing of your doors will never shut us out. The closing of your doors can only shut you in. We know the predator. We see them feed on us. We are aware to starve the beast is our destiny. The times they were kind, they were polite, but never honest. We see your technological society devour you before your very eyes. We hear your anguished cries exalting greed through progress. While you seek material advances, the sound of flowers dying carry messages through the wind trying to tell you about balance and your safety. But your minds are chained to your machines and the strings dangling from your puppeteer's hands, turning you, twisting you into forms and confusions beyond your control. Your mind for a job, your mind for a TV, your mind for a hairdryer, your mind for consumption. With your atom bombs, your material bombs, your drug bombs, your racial bombs, your class bombs, your sexist bombs, your ageist bombs, devastating your natural shelters, making you homeless on earth, chasing you into illusions, fooling you, making you pretend you can run away from the ravishing of your spirit. While the sound of flowers dying carry messages through the wind, trying to tell you about balance and your safety. Trying to isolate us in a dimension called loneliness. Leading us into the trap. Believe in their power, but not in ourselves. Piling us with guilt, always taking the blame. Greed chasing out the balance. Trying to isolate us in a dimension called loneliness. Economic deity seizing power. Through illusions created, armies are justified. Class systems are democracy. God listens to warmongers' prayers. Tyranny is here. Divide and conquer. 
trying to isolate us in a dimension called loneliness. Greed, a parent. Insecurity, the happiness companion. Genocide conceived in sophistication. Technologic material civilization, a rationalization, replacing a way to live, trying to isolate us in a dimension called loneliness. To God, we hope you don't mind, but we would like to talk to you. There are some things we need to straighten out. It's about these Christians. They claim to be from your nation. But man, you should see the things they do all the time, blaming it on you. Manifest destiny, genocide, maximized profit, sterilization, raping the earth, lying, taking more than they need in all the forms of the greed. We ask them why. They say it's God's will. Damn, God, they make it so hard. Remember Jesus? Would you send him back to them? Tell them not to kill him. Rather, they should listen. Stop abusing his name and yours. We do not mean to be disrespectful, but you know how it is. Our people have their own ways. We never even heard of you until not long ago. Your representative spoke magnificent things of you, which we were willing to believe. But from the way they acted, we know you and we were being deceived. We do not mean you or your Christian children any bad, but you all came to take all we had. We have not seen you, but we have heard so much. It is time for you to decide what life is worth. We already remember, but maybe you forgot. Look at us. Look at us. We are of earth and water. Look at them. It is the same. Look at us. We are suffering all these years. Look at them, they are connected. Look at us, we are in pain. Look at them, surprised at our anger. Look at us, we are struggling to survive. Look at them, expecting sorrow be benign. Look at us, we are the ones called pagan. Look at them, on their arrival. Look at us, we are called subversive. Look at them, descending from name callers. Look at us, we wept sadly in the long dark. Look at them, hiding in technologic light. Look at us, we buried the generations. Look at them, inventing the body count. Look at us, we are older than America. Look at them, chasing a fountain of youth. Look at us, we are embracing Earth. Look at them, clutching today. Look at us, we are living in the generations. Look at them, existing in jobs and debt. Look at us, we have escaped many times. Look at them, they cannot remember. Look at us, we are healing. Look at them, their medicine is patented. Look at us, we are trying. Look at them, what are they doing? Look at us, we are children of Earth. Look at them, who are they? That was John Trudell with Look At Us from the Tribal Voices release from 1983. taking a sigh. There's a lot more to get to uh, in this program today. I'll do my best to, there's there's always more to get to than I'm able to, so we'll do what we can. And this is an article that came out in 2017. However, it deals with a lot of what's happening. I I mean, the the systems that are in place are really fucked up. I feel like that's kind of common sense. It's, do I really need to say more about it? I think a lot of us are on that same page. And I think a big part is that the way the media presents it, for the most part, is not just or truthful. And therefore, there's a lot of victim blaming. 
And instead of folks gathering to, in some cases, there are folks who are gathering to punch up and to take on the ruling classes, uh, folks end up hurting one another instead. And so this article goes into a little bit about the government shutdown uh, and just in terms of who's really affected by it. And so it came out, there's, there have been a few <laughs> government shutdowns, and this uh, goes. This article goes into really who's mostly affected by that. And this came, it came out in The Nation, and it was written by Adam H. Johnson. It's not a government shutdown, it's a right-wing coup. Programs designed to help the vulnerable are gutted, while institutions designed to serve the rich and powerful remain unscathed. And also, if you're in California, there has been, uh, folks have uh, received, there's... Uh, text messages just saying that like for uh, EBT for the food stamps program they have they're going to issue February uh, February benefits early however if the government shutdown is still existing in March um, there's not they're not sure yet whether or not benefits will be refilled so that's just something to be aware of and um, I would imagine there's something similar happening in other states as well so again the folks who are most who need food pretty much which is you know uh, those are the these are the programs that are being affected, and the oil and gas companies, for instance, they're just doing just fine. Why is that? So this article goes into a little bit of that, and it came out in on April twenty. Whoop! Looks like April twenty eighth, twenty seventeen, and again it's uh, from the Nation, and recently shared this on the Weekly Review webpage. Uh, just as they did in October of 2013, the media are uniformly calling the selective starving of government by Republicans in Congress a government shutdown. It is anything but. The term government shutdown gives the public the false impression that the entire government is being shut down, when in reality only a small percentage of the government gets shut down, and for starkly ideological reasons. What we are really facing is a liberal government shutdown. Uh, that's an interesting word choice, uh, which is to say programs designed to help the vulnerable and poor are gutted, while institutions designed to serve the rich and powerful remain unscathed. If the last shutdown is any guide, uh, and again, again, this article is written in 2017, so we're going back to a couple, uh, the military, 45's luxurious vacations, soft power, our bombing of seven Muslim-majority countries, NSA bulk surveillance, agencies that prop up the oil and gas industry, the CIA's arming and funding of Syrian rebels, and the FBI's entrapment regime will remain entirely untouched. The parts of government that serve the poor and working class, however, will be the first on the chopping block, libraries, tax collection, national parks, labor and safety regulators, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, which oversees the derivatives market, environmental regulators, financial regulators, welfare, and WIC will be axed. Indeed, the one time the government got remotely close to undermining even briefly a pillar of the right-wing state, the powers that be arbitrarily decided to leave the Defense Department virtually untouched. And the article goes into more information about this. And again, this is from 2017, so it's going back. However, it's a similar thing that's happening right now. We see like the public parks <sighs> and folks not being able to work there and folks are trying to contribute. There are uh, TSA agents. And again, TSA is very much this idea of security theater. And at the same time, it's just so ridiculous considering that they supposedly are can't even repeat the lies uh, put on it's just fucking it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous i'm not even getting into it because we get too upset and if you'd like to read the article again it's from the nation and we recently shared it on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash weekly rev 
do a brief uh, plug for the station. This is Mutiny Radio. There are shows here every day of the week. There's a comedy festival coming up in March. It's March 1st through the 5th. I'll be having a couple of guests on the show on March 1st. You can get your tickets online if you go to mutinyradio.fm. There's a lot of great shows here every day of the week. There's music. There's comedy. There's politics. There's news. There's spoken word. There's poetry. There's the Boys and Girls Club have a show. So there's just pretty much, there's uh, there's also an AA meeting, which is not broadcast. However, it is at the station on Wednesday nights. So if you're interested in recovery, um, I've heard really great things. The room's always packed. There's always a lot of folks here. There's tea. There's a good good group of folks here. So there's a lot of great things happening at the station. If you yourself are listening and say, hey, I would like to have a show, you can do that. So please get in contact with Pam, who's the station director. Uh, all it involves is uh, just a couple hours of training on the boards here, and then you pay monthly dues, and you get two hours a week to do any kind of programming you'd like. We have all the equipment here. It's really awesome, and it's a great way for your voice to be heard. So check that out. We also occasionally have the space available for rentals uh, on Saturday evenings, for instance, and other times as well. If you'd like to do like a one-time show, such as a poetry reading, uh, an open mic, some other types of awesome shows, you get a live broadcast, you get a saved MP3, and you can have like a live show here uh, with an audience. It's pretty great. It's a really special place. So really wanting to, wanting to encourage folks to come through for that. You can also donate to the station as well. If you go to mutinyradio.fm, you can find the information there. You come in in person, we've got a jar. Uh, if you've got any spare change, any cash that you're wanting to donate to the station to keep our doors open, that's greatly appreciated. If you have a difficult time uh, promoting this show in that it it's, can be feel very overwhelming and uh, there's a lot going on in the world presently and in the past and... It's not a feel-good show necessarily. However, there are some positive things to it. We talked about the UTLA strike that's happening. And there are a lot of stories like that that happen on the show. And I do want to provide a, a show that provides news and information and also is inspiring to people. And a reminder that even though there's a lot of horrible things that are happening right now in the world, there's also a lot of folks who are empowered and a lot of people who are uniting and doing really incredible work. So I want to highlight that as well. If you feel like you're able to support the show in particular, that would be super helpful. We have a Patreon account set up. You go to patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. Big thank you to all the folks who donate anywhere from a dollar a month and up is greatly appreciated. Spread the word. Uh, I recognize capital's hard to come by considering uh, a small percentage of the people in the world own uh, own all the wealth. However, if you happen to be having a, a good month and are able just to contribute a couple bucks a month, greatly appreciate it. If not, that's also totally cool. Happy to have you listening and helping to spread the word of justice. Oh, that sounded really cheesy. I don't write these things ahead of time. I just go off the cuff. So that's where we have it. All right. We're going to play some more music, and then we'll be back with a little bit more... Uh, news to share yeah why not so coming up next i am going to pause one thing here gotta have i like to be able to play music from folks uh beginning artists or folks who are i don't know how to anyway from okay so uh, yeah this is a song from flynn germain you can check out flynn at flynngermain.bandcamp.com and this song is called echo plus Echoplex, St. Sebastian 3. Someday I'll fall in love with a boy who does 
doesn't make me think of you I've got a standard of living I keep if I have to And when I fell in love with Saint Sebastian I knew what I would have to do Stop wearing shirts, started feeling out of fashion Got shot through Every time I hear the echoplex, the echoplex I am afraid of whatever comes next And I think of you falling apart In my absence, think about running through Whatever exit I find Jesus Christ, I am losing my mind Hoping I'll get destroyed when you find some free time It's Flynn Germain with Echoplex, St. Sebastian 3 from Eat the New Normal Alive. You can find that at flynngermain.bandcamp.com. Please do support indie artists. Coming up, uh, some quick news. 
this came my way from Stamford, New York. Never been there. It's in the Catskills. And apparently their Ace Hardware has gone co-op and has become employee-owned. There are six employees there, and now they own the business. That's pretty awesome. And there's an article in the Catskill Mountain News that has more information about that, and this came out recently in January. And this paper has been going on since 1863. Wow. So congrats on a new employee-owned business. Imagine what the world would be like if all workers own their labor Mm. and productions of which. Okay. Some sad news. There's always sad news. Okay, so the East Bay Express uh, has let go of many of their reporters and journalists recently, and also the Forward, which is a Jewish newspaper, has also... Uh, it's been going on for over 100 years. My grandmother wrote for it, and they have decided to cease publication. And they're one of the few, I feel, Jewish publications that really provided Palestinian voices to be heard. And it's a real shame that it's they've decided to shut down. I don't have much more information about it. However, I'm sure if you go online, you can find out more information. And oh, this will be the section of the show where I'll just talk about a few things that are super fucking disappointing and disappointing isn't even the right word just really disturbing um in chechnya there has been they have continued to arrest torture and kill um gay and queer folks there so that's still happening in chechnya and also last year i read an article that there's still there there's been a rise in killing of trans people and i um, can have many moments of silence, and I'll start off with that. And I think one can witness and recognize that this is happening and talk about it, and then also things need to be done to change it. So calling on cis folks to stop your fucking nonsense and your violence and to have conversations with people. And if someone's telling a trans joke, to tell them to shut the fuck up. Or perhaps a different way can be like, hey, what you're doing is super fucking offensive and also not funny. And how is uh, making fun or trying to make fun of someone who has less power and privilege than you, what are you trying to fucking do with that? It's... Yeah, that's, I mean, there's a lot that can be done, and I think that's the most immediate thing. And there's also intersections, of course, with misogyny, with racism, with classism, with xenophobia, ableism, all of these things that, uh, if you're trans, it, it just continues to affect people even more. So, again, it's systemic. And again, wanting to really encourage the cis folks who are listening to really show up for trans folks in your life. Ugh. 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 It's like a, a bad taste in my mouth when I speak about the, the horrible things that are happening. And I feel if I don't talk about it, that's not helping either. So it's important to at least have a record of it. There are records of it out there. And also fuck Mike Pence and fuck his whole family. I feel like I don't say that nearly enough. 
caused a lot of destruction and harm. There's recent reports that his wife has started working at a school that has refused to uh, hire queer folks and or have queer students and you know we're everywhere so it's also what the what like sexuality and gender are fluid so i don't know how you it's just disgusting and it's discriminatory and it's going to lead to more violence and also apparently she was an art teacher or something teaching art in english and i'm like that means that you're not going to be able to teach art in english from how many writers and artists who are gay like how i mean let's even wasting my fucking breath talking about this monstrosity i can't even deal with it it's disgusting behavior and then also what happens when with puritanical culture and oppressive culture and capitalism and western chauvinism <sighs> goodness and misinformation okay you get my point voicing that anger out there i know i'm not alone in it it's important to get it out there that it's disgusting. Their behavior is so fucking disgusting. <sighs> uh, segue would be nice, Roman. Yeah, it would be. Goodness gracious. Um, maybe I'll play some more music and then we'll get into some current events, some other events, upcoming events that folks can participate in that are happening. <sighs> I think uh, a good palate cleanser is helpful. Um, here is another song from Flynn Germain. This is called Better Than Before. You broke up with my girlfriend Acting all magnanimous like you know what it's for I'll move out of your basement Back into the drugstore Leave with what I came with Haven't got the patience Can't do that anymore Keeping me awake at night without any recourse If you don't ghost me next then I can be an exorcist Cleaning all your messes, leave the room you enter Better than before Again, that was Flynn Germain. You can find Flynn's music if you go to Flynn Germain, and that's F-L-Y-N-N-G-E-R-M-A-I-N dot bandcamp dot com. Coming up, some events that folks can go to participate in if you'd like to do that kind of thing and or tell folks about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of bummed out about the all the things that are happening in the world. Uh, can't lie about it. That's seriously depressing. Moving on, though, there are a lot of folks organizing, and it's important to get the message out there that there are ways folks can show up. So coming up on January 20th, which is Sunday, from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Twinell Hall at UC Berkeley, which is on uh, Sather Road. 
Berkeley, uh, People Get Ready to Conference, hosted by the Center for Political Education and 10 others. 10 others, a lot of other organizations. I'll read a little bit about this event. It's a public event. Lots of folks are going there. Hi, all. Pre-registration is now closed, but you can now register on site on Sunday, starting as early as 11 a.m. People Get Ready 2 is back on Sunday, January 20th, 12 to 6 p.m., Dwinnell Hall, UC Berkeley. Center for Political Education is excited to announce that we have rescheduled the People Get Ready 2 conference for January 20th. Same place, same time, same powerful opportunity to seize the time and push our movements forward. People Get Ready 2, a one-day conference organized by Center for Political Education, will offer discussions directly assessing the current political terrain while engaging local, national, and international struggles around militarism, worker organizing, and displacement that shape our world and struggles to come. They have a full program if you go to politicaleducation.org, event slash people get ready to. Um, and if you haven't already pre-registered, okay, so let's close. All right, it's endorsed by a lot of great organizations, and the event is also on Facebook. So if you type in people get ready to, as in the Roman numeral two conference, you'll find the information. Again, that's happening Sunday from noon to 6 p.m. And let's, um, yeah, let me read some more information about it because I am also curious. The full program looks pretty interesting. So it's a one-day conference of analysis, strategy, and the fight for our future. And let's see, part one, understanding the terrain, which is an open session from noon to one. There's uh, Marsha Quint from the Center for Political Education at the MC. Welcome to the land, Ruth Orta. Uh, Bay Miwok, Plains Miwok. And then the keynote is by Rachel Herzing, who's been a guest on the show before and is an incredible speaker. Uh, Center for Political Education. Part one, breakout sessions, 115 to 245. Hard work, new battles, new organizing in the workplace and beyond. And then there's uh, which a few different folks there as well. Spanning the globe, international solidarity versus U.S. militarism. Then there's taking stock, analyzing the political terrain after the midterms. Next is land, the basis of freedom, justice, and equality. And next is who's got the power, how to assess the balance of forces, which is a workshop. And then reclaiming MLK's radical legacy, a workshop with third world resistance. And then there's lunch. Next, part two, moving forward, there's an uh, opening session with a few speakers and there's breakout sessions, then fighting to win, cultivating a successful left strategy. Next, against displacement, freedom to stay, freedom to move, freedom to return. Next is no pasaran, strategies to defeat fascism and the authoritarian right. Next, deep and wide, building alliances with teeth. Next, toward 2020, community power at the ballot box and on the streets, which is a workshop. And again, uh, if you go to politicaleducation.org, if you go to the event, they have all this information there as well, as well as a list of all the speakers. Please do check it out if you're in the area and you're able to attend and share with folks who you think might be interested in. Next up, we have another event happening. That's Reclaim MLK. There's the Teach-In and March for Young Activists, which is happening January 21st. That's this Monday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Franco Gawa Plaza, also renamed uh, Oscar Grant Plaza. That's in Oakland. Uh, join us for the fifth annual Reclaim MLK Teach-In with the Young Activists for Black Lives Coalition. 
and they have more information that I will share here. This year's Young Activists for Black Lives theme is honoring mothers of those lost to police violence and supporting striking teachers. Teach-in programming will be led by Abundant Beginnings, Boomshake, Sanctuary for All, Sama Sama, Oakland Teachers, Showing Up for Racial Justice. There will be a wonderful opportunity for families to work together for racial and social justice. Programming tentatively includes music, movement, books, and interactive activities on empowering youth of color leaders. Self-defense, labor strikes, talking about whiteness, and more. If you're interested in volunteering for the event, they have a link. And if you go to the, there's a Facebook invite, which is probably the best way to get to this page. Again, it's Reclaim MLK Teach-In and March for Young Activists. You can find that there. And you can also contact Sasha, Sasha at mortalspaces.com and Mackenzie, which is M-A-C-K-H-B-O-Y-L-E at gmail.com with questions. Families are invited to breakfast and a child-centered teach-in from 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. at Oscar Grant Plaza. Morning activities will include stations for youth and their adult allies. After the teach-in, youth will lead a march around the plaza and can either join the larger APTP march or stay in the plaza with their adult allies. The plaza will have programming for youth and they can explore the village. There will be a children's village in the plaza all day with activity stations that will be open after the teach-in until 5 p.m., a children's stage with author readings scheduled to be announced, and a nursing and baby tent that will be open all day from 9 to 5. Youth and families will have a children's assembly following the March 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. to plan for an Oakland for all of us. And they have more information there as well, and they also have more information day of. Uh, the Young Activists for Black Lives Coalition includes Abundant Beginnings, Boomshake, Rice and Beans Co-op, Sama Sama, Radical Monarchs, Surge, Youth and Families, All of Us or None, Colorful Mamas of the 99%, Filipino Ac- Advocates for Justice, and Asians for Black Lives. And they have the schedule here as well. Um, uh, recommendations, dress for the weather, bring layers, rain gear and or sunscreen for those who use it, uh, bring blankets, chairs or pillows to sit on, seating will not be provided, there will be food but you may want to bring snacks. Come to educate and empower our young activists here in Oakland and to be in community to reclaim MLK Day. All right, and they also have all the descriptions in Spanish as well. And then I'm also going to go to the following event which is happening also on the 21st and read some information about that as well. And again, uh, if you don't already, please do follow APTP. They post a lot of great information and um, yes, lots of good info there. So I'm going to now, um, here we go. So again, happening uh, the People's March 5th Annual Reclaim King's Radical Legacy, which is hosted by uh, the Anti-Police Terror Project, which is happening on Monday, January 21st, 7.20 a.m. to 5.20 p.m., so lots of time, depending on whether, you know, when you want to get there. And again, it's happening at Oscar Grant Plaza, and officially it's supposed to begin around 11 a.m. Uh, the People's March, the 5th Annual March to Reclaim King's Radical Legacy, a mass mobilization. We will hold Oscar Grant Plaza from sunrise to sunset for the march planned to gather at 11 a.m., march at noon. And here's the, the details of, which is subject to change, the, the scheduling. From 7.20 a.m. to 7.45 a.m. is a sunrise ceremony. Uh, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., morning meditation and sound healing, free breakfast program until the march. 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., youth teaching and march around the plaza. 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., program and march. 1.30 p.m. to 2.30 p.m., march ends in celebration, music and dance. 2.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m., people's assemblies and lunch. 
Uh, looks like 4.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. Last torch is lit, chanting Oscar Grant's name, as well as the names of all of the other victims of police brutality over the last 10 years. Uh, gong is hit. We move into the sunset ceremony. From 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. is a sunset ceremony uh, by uh, Lead to Life. ASL interpretation will be available for some parts of the day's programming. For the fifth consecutive year, the Anti-Police Terror Project calls the Bay Area into the streets for the People's March to reclaim MLK's radical legacy. MLK's legacy has been whitewashed for many decades. The state would have us believe he was a passive figure. The truth is he was a radical leader, unshakable in his demands for rational change, an end to capitalism, to war, to empire, to poverty, and to white supremacy. We take this opportunity every year to celebrate the true spirit of this revolutionary. January 2019 marks the 10th anniversary of the murder of Oscar Grant. This year on Reclaim MLK Day, we honor the mothers of those lost to police violence and lift up their resistance and resilience. It's also been another 10 years of gentrification, another 10 years of displacement, another 10 years of a worsening houselessness crisis, another 10 years of the Bay Area's elected leaders putting profits over people, another 10 years of government for and by developers, tech companies, and banks instead of for and by the people. The people have had enough. For seven months, we waged a people's campaign for a just and equitable Oakland. Our campaign galvanized tens of thousands of Oaklanders, and most importantly, it did not end in November. We continue that campaign and its demands into the new year. On January 21st, we march for justice for all victims of police terror and their families. We march for housing as a human right. We march for a just economy that meets everyone's human needs. We march for a real community safety, which means defunding the police to invest in our communities. We march for quality quality education for all our kids. We march for real sanctuary in the Bay. We march for a sustainable climate and healthy environment for all families. We demand a Bay Area for all of us. We demand a Bay Area for the people. Demands. Justice for all victims of police terror and their families. Housing as a human right. Truly affordable housing for all in need. Immediate shelter for our unhoused neighbors and public land for public good. A just economy that works for everyone, puts people over profits, provides living wage jobs with dignity for all, requires corporations to pay their fair share to do business in our cities, and ensures that any development benefits the community. Community-based public safety, invest in prevention, not criminalization, make all police use of force transparent and accountable, quality education for all, fair pay to teachers, no cuts, no closures, no more charters. Real sanctuary for all, abolish ICE and criminalization of our most marginalized, and guarantee the safety of all queer, black, brown, and indigenous communities. Environmental justice, clean air, water, and safe food supplies for all, indigenous sovereignty, and respect for sacred sites. Hashtag the People's March. Hashtag reclaim MLK Oak. Hashtag 10 hours for Oscar Grant. Hashtag housing is a human right. And again, you can find this on Facebook, the People's March 5th Annual Reclaim King's Radical Legacy. And right now I will share this once again on our Facebook page, which you can find if you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. So lots of, lots of things happening this weekend that you can tune into and check out. And also another event that is happening in the following couple weeks on tuesday february 5th i just got an invite for this new board new bank pack the chamber to demand a public bank which is hosted by sf public bank and eight others including the coalition on homelessness all right 
So this is happening at City Hall, uh, which is at one Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place in San Francisco. I mostly when I go to City Hall, it's pretty much for <sighs> events. Okay. Occasionally people get married there, and then oftentimes there's protests and there's board of supervisors meetings where people speak up and, and whatnot. So go check it out if you haven't been. Uh, this would be a good time to go. Let your voice be heard. Rally in front of City Hall and then pack the Board of Supervisors meeting to demand they put a charter amendment on the November 2019 ballot that would move SF to create a public bank. We have a little over, excuse me, we have a little over 100 days before the deadline to put a put a charter ends. It's time we occupy public comment and demand each supervisor make this charter a priority. We demand a public bank because we need a bank to invest back in our communities. Things such as low-interest student loans, homeless shelters and services, affordable and public housing, renewable energy to fund a Green New Deal, public transit and infrastructure. We will start with a rally outside of City Hall, then pack the chamber for general public comment. More details to come. All right, I'm going to share this also. And so again, if you're able to come out, uh, please do come out. This is happening on February 5th at 2 p.m., uh, no, it can be a little bit shaky with folks' scheduling, but however, perhaps some folks are able to go. All right, it's one thirty-eight. The next thing I was going to play is about an hour long, and as we finish up the show around 2, that's that's not going to quite work out, is it? So I think I'm going to play... Um, maybe I'll save that for next week. And in the meantime, I think we should play some more John Trudell since we start off the show hearing about him and his music and his activism and it's super inspiring. So I want to just continue playing that. Uh, and also, yeah, we've said a lot. So again, thank you so much for listening. And if you're interested in previous episodes, uh, check out mutinyradio.fm. We've got the archive for the last few years going up there. We've got other previous shows from before that that are around. They'll be uploaded at some point. There's uh, Women's Magazine and the Common Thread Collective are off this week. However, they will be back next week, and I will be playing uh, last week's episode after this, so stay tuned. Listen to Mutiny Radio all day. Uh, Share a message with friends. Do something kind for someone. It's a really good way, if you're feeling down, is to do something nice for somebody else. (sighs) All right. This is Roman uh, signing off. I don't have any real tagline that I begin the show with or end the show with. Sometimes I begin with a trigger warning. Totally forgot that today. Oh, well, we'll we'll bring it back next week. Thanks again for listening, and here's some more John Trudell. trying to forget. The hardest part of trying to forget is the remembering forgetting brings back. I thought you were like the things that have happened, things and thoughts I'd put away. But you are you more than can just be put away. How frivolous of me to assume I could regard you as a thing or a thought. Trying to forget only makes me remember emotions we share in our spirit hearts. The delights and the anger so vital Our wildness making us quick to burn bridges behind us and ahead of us. Changing compromise to submit. Looking for happiness, finding regret. Sometimes you appear. It's in a song, a phrase. Sometimes it's a laugh. 
Sometimes it's a vision of you near to me, or a remembrance of a touch, a kiss, or some silly thought we shared. Times are I wonder what went wrong. Maybe our impatience stopped us from taking the time to learn what we thought we already knew. Trying to forget only makes me remember you. When you left, I knew you had to go. Water came into my eyes, I cried, then I laughed. Because sometimes I just don't know. I wanted you to stay, but you weren't really here anyway. Or if you were, it was for just a while. I've run it through my mind and rerun it through my heart. I loved you more than I could say or show. Like I say, I loved you more, but that's something only I could know. Water came into my eyes, I cried, then I laughed. What's the difference anyway? Laughing and crying, the tears taste just the same. I held you, but I didn't hold you. And in the end, I guess, I only kept myself. Her beauty is like a dancer in the night, carrying rhythms others can only imagine. Everyone wanted her, yet no one kept her beyond a fleeting moment when all seemed right. She left on her own, driven away by what they had to keep to themselves. He was one of those thinking to claim what others took long ago. They could never share the secrets, for their secrets are shame's mistakes kept quietly making noise only when crashing down upon them like invisible walls, not able to stand on their own when they sold beauty for things their hearts never understood. Pretending what others could not see was connected to reality. They made it easy to believe, but almost impossible to live. Together they traded depth for surfaces, trading until they traded it all away for misunderstandings. Her beauty is like a dancer in the night, carrying rhythms others can only imagine. Everyone wanted her, yet no one kept her beyond a fleeting moment when all seemed right. I went so willingly, thinking about knowing the beauty of your face. Your smile, your charm, dazzled the sometime broken eyes. Your spoken thoughts of love and laughter placed the chains around me so tightly I didn't know at first. I went so willingly thinking about knowing the beauty of your face. Things went wrong, they often do. You grew to need me less. I went into needing you more. One day seeing we were both in a pretty prison. All I could do was escape. I went so willingly, thinking about knowing the beauty of your face. Like a butterfly with a fading heart, she needed someone to care for her. When she couldn't find it, she ran back to the mistakes. Anger and uncomfortably comfortable emotion greedily spread over those who love her, safer than taking a chance. What we try to hide, we never can, beyond placing it in ourselves. Wounds voluntarily inflicted, creating our own betrayal, worrying about being used as we use up our time, scaring away the balance. Mental M16s mowing down the enemy. Insecurity turning trust into targets in a battle we don't understand with industrial greed to victor. Like a butterfly with a fading heart, she needed someone to care for her. All that was left were the pictures she took, capturing the past in a prison, 
not unlike the one they locked themselves in. She said goodbye the other day. Loving him was lonely, lonely as she'd ever been. Her life was standing in a space where laughter was a disguise she wore as a shield to protect the world. She said goodbye the other day. Her feelings couldn't be helped. It wasn't anything he'd done. It was just that the prisons building around her separated even him from knowing laughter was a disguise she wore. She said goodbye the other day. She felt out of place, looking for a place. Her American dream hadn't prepared her for this. She felt programmed somehow. She had to find the way to where laughter is real and disguises aren't necessary. All that was left were the pictures she took. Little daughter, you are so small for a big woman, so soft for someone who must be so strong. Little daughter, I hold you in my arms, I laugh and am happy at your baby girl's smile. To say I feel good is not enough. Little daughter, I walk with you through the dimension called time. For what are minutes, days, or years compared to father-daughter places in eternity? Little daughter, you, the delicate infant child, carry the innocent reality. I pray for your protection, prayers to help you through this life experience. Little daughter, the times I hold you next to me, I am flowing an infinity of love to fill the times I cannot hold you next to me. Little daughter, I am always with you, even when you cannot see me there. Sister, sister, I want to talk to the woman in you. We're under siege in a troubled time. Sister, sister, won't you hear my voice? I'm your brother, but I've made the mistakes of a man. Sometimes it's lonely being a man. The programming has its effect. Isolation is such a cruel thing. Sister, sister, won't you understand? They took your brothers, turned them into men. Like they took our sisters, turned them into women. Sister, sister. We are all the family of Earth. They have taken us away in their nuclear war, taught us to compete and abuse and blame each other while we're all being used. Sister, sister, hear my heart. It's time to bring the family back. Together we must remember Earth. We must remember what life is all about. Sister, sister, I am your brother. Every time I've ever hurt you, I've always hurt myself. Sister, sister, hear my voice. It's all up to us. 
we have a choice. Crystal clear tears of salt come when my heart talks with sadness. The tears flow my emotional rivers. It's no damn use to pretend pain will not rise again. Crystal clear tears of salt help my heart to feel for something when I do not want to. Clear my vision, see my peace. Men don't cry, Indians are stoic. I tell that to my heart, my eyes, they just laugh at me. And sometimes when my spirit hurts, they make me cry. Crystal clear, tears of salt. Purify my memory, help me understand. This is not the beginning, nor the end. For my children, to the people I can talk. When it comes to you, I know what to say. It's I just don't know how. I love you, that's not a question. Showing it has been confusing. My life has drifted, always. Somehow I could just never stay. I've rationalized I'm headed to a goal. Yet sometimes my heart hears me running to a future. Always from the past. I love you, don't want you hurt. I want you to realize your potential. I've always been afraid to interfere. My bias, my prejudice, my doubt, the weaker sides of me. I had to protect you, make you stronger. Compassion is to be your companion as you head to your destiny. I've tried the only way I knew. Please try to understand. I didn't know what else to do. And I love you. Yesterday's laughter is the balance for today. Today's tears are the cleansing for tomorrow. We started out so long ago. There was no one to teach us what we had to know. The days were ours. The times, they were extreme. We did our best and we did our worst in the constant struggle to understand why. Illusions and fantasies battering us, teaching us the hard way, forcing us to find a right way. Shelter and comfort coming where we found it constantly moving. It was like being chased by something we did not understand. Many are the times we could have just laid down and died, but the will of life helped us to survive. As we traveled through life with yesterday's laughter, the balance for today, and today's tears, a cleansing for tomorrow. Young ones, listen. Remember who we are. Remember where we are. Do not take the word of America. Listen to them as in caution. Live among them as in surrounded. Live not as they live. Live to appreciate. Seconds ago in eternity, ancient ones decided, way before wounded spirits, dreams shattering under aggression. Earth is mother, we are children. The protection is our innocence. Seconds ago it was decided, we are the middle of forever. Look for your medicine. There is a white world gone mad thinking protection is in force. Greed, the machine, preys on them, but they will not admit it or do anything about it. They have no medicine, with backs turned on children and elders. They do not even care for air, or water, or land, or life. Too confused to care, there's no way to live. Young ones, listen. Remember who you are. Remember where you are. Remember why you are.
tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryan. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF.
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't know anything about it, sorry. <laughs> All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes, oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media. M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast mov podcast is our handle until next time i hope you're enjoying your view yes bye bye that, that kind of sucked balls good evening there my friends here at mutiny radio evan chester cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there and uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that 